Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you, and enjoy. Wrongly accused and incarcerated for 25 years in prison for a murder that he did not commit. He um, his time in prison, he was he had a got into a prison ministry um, where he was just a just a just a pillar within the prison community where people looked at him and he, he developed these wonderful relations with many people throughout his time there and. Uh, um, we were blessed through Joe Vassal, who can't be here, but um, Joe has worked with the Ohio Innocence Project and knows how. And uh, fortunate for us, uh, we're able to have him here. Um, so without further ado, let me bring up Al Cleveland. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. All right, good to see all your, your faces here. Everybody enjoy the breakfast? Oh, yeah. All right. Let's give it up for the cooks. Yes, yes. So, I mean, I'm excited to be here. I uh, was looking forward to it for a few weeks, and now we're here. Um, I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. Uh, I grew up in the Catholic Church, went to Catholic school all my life, even high school. And um, I was gonna be an altar boy, but I was kind of like halfway altar boy. I wasn't fully committed. But I always envisioned myself being the first black pope. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> when I'm looking. So, while that ship has passed, <laughs> I'll take St. Basil and speak to you all here today. But um, as he said, I'm going to be talking about my story of incarceration wrongfully. But I really want to just talk to you about the Lord. I want to speak to you all about Jesus. And I want to speak to you all about true heroes true heroes because it was some heroes that helped me get out of there. Didn't happen with my will alone. I had a strong team that helped me get out of there with the help of God, obviously. So um, you don't have Bibles, so I'm going to read a, a very familiar passage of scripture. All of you have heard it, read it probably 20 or 30 times. The Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan. And I'm going to read from this passage of scripture. You just follow along with me, if you will. It said, and Jesus answering said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell amongst thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Somebody please say, half dead with me. And by chance, there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him, 
and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell amongst the thieves? And he said, he that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise. Heroes. Real heroes. Now, I've been incarcerated for 25 years indeed for crime I didn't commit. And the number one question that people ask me is, how'd you make it through? How'd you make it through? And while I was incarcerated, I was in a, a seminary level program. Blessed to be in this program, thank God. We learned a term called sola gracia. Gratia. It's a Latin term that means grace alone. Grace alone. And I, I often tell people that, but I can see in their eyes they don't really understand on spiritual terms. Not everybody I deal with is on a spiritual level. So I kind of have to bring it down to a practical level where they can understand what I'm saying. And what I tell them is, I made it out of there with the help of a strong team, some heroes in my life, some people that stepped in, made sacrifices in their own lives, that have children, have jobs that work, but sacrifice their time to help me. And this is in many ways. But... Before we go more into heroes, I want to just break down what the definition of one is, because this, I want this to be very clear. A hero, by definition, is a man or woman celebrated for special achievements and attributes and qualities. And I did some more research on heroes, and I narrowed down some qualities to four primary qualities that you see in a hero. One is realness. Realness. They're not a myth, not a fantasy, or a superhero. They're not perfect people, but they're real people with flaws, and in some cases, like, serious flaws. And I'm going to give you an example of that in a minute. The second thing is that they're dedicated. They live with a purpose and die for a cause bigger than them. The third is they have great concentration when it really matters. They're able to think the right thing at the right time and they demonstrate poise and mental discipline in the face of opposition. And the fourth thing is sacrifice. They sacrifice their lives, their talents, 
and are remembered not for what they got, but for what they gave. Realness, dedication, concentration, and sacrifice. Now, anyone who really knows me, I've developed a skill in prison of screenwriting. I see things in terms of movies. And um, that's just how my brain is wired when I hear stories. So when I read The Good Samaritan, I saw it in movie terms. Now, in the hero script, which is the predominant uh, type of script that's written in Hollywood, you have three parts. In the first part, the hero, he's living in obscurity somewhere, troubled. Sometime he drinks. He um, doesn't really want to be bothered with people. He's living somewhere, and the government or some agency will come find him and try to woo him back into the mission to save the world. But he doesn't want to be bothered. He tells the man, leave. I don't want to be bothered. But the guy says, look, these terrorists or whoever has abducted children, boys and girls, and we need you to come help us. So at the last minute, he winds up coming back into service. And he's updated on who this enemy is, this antagonist is. And in the second part of the script, you'll find some type of confrontation with the enemy. And the hero, he's not as strong as the enemy. The enemy usually has more people, uh, a bigger team. He's a lot stronger, smarter, everything. He's just an enormous enemy that this guy is up against. And he really doesn't know if he can take him down, but around the third part of the scene, he finds himself digging deep and some type of battle takes place between the two and he winds up defeating the enemy and overcoming. And oftentimes getting the princess or the prize. This is the typical hero script. Now, it's apparent in the Good Samaritan who the real hero is. Even Jesus said it. It's a Good Samaritan that stopped. But before we go any further, I want, I want you to look closely at a few things. I'm going to read from verse 30. It says, in Jesus answering and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell amongst thieves which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed and left him half dead. Now for years, I kind of just brushed by that. Like, oh, he just, you know, he came across these bad guys and they just roughed him up and uh, he was half dead and we focused on the priests and, you know, they didn't help him out. But half dead, especially in the scriptures, half dead means like this guy was really beat down really bad. really bad, laying there. And the road from Jerusalem to Jericho is 18 miles. It's a winding road. You know, Jerusalem was on a plateau. 
They were under the Roman rule, but they had a certain amount of autonomy, their own laws within the rule of the Roman Empire. And this road that would lead to other places, it was dangerous. It was dangerous, rocky. You had wild animals, beasts. You had robbers, thieves. In those times, people were dealing all kinds of bad stuff on this road. So I'm gonna give you a rendition, a film rendition of the Samaritan story. All right, so he's going from Jerusalem, the man, a certain man, the scripture says, he has his briefcase, glasses, and he's going to Jericho from Jerusalem. He's you know, walking along, gotta have this meeting, get to Jer Jericho, I'll get me a hotel, stay there, and the next morning, I'm gonna knock him dead on this meeting. I'm ready, I'm gonna be an animal. But the guys, they were down the road, they were sitting there, standing there, talking, Probably something like this. Hey, man, pass the wine, man. What you mean, pass the wine? You've been sitting on the wine, babysitting the bottle the whole evening here. Man, give me the wine, man. You, I don't even want you drinking it because you've been messing with that girl and that girl lives. I don't want to be kissing on that girl. Man, you crazy, man. Here's the wine, man. But, but get it right back to me. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Look at here. Man's walking, has his briefcase, watch, he's looking at his watch, going down the Jericho Road. Hey, where are you going? Oh, I'm just going to Jericho. I have a meeting in the morning, and I'm just be on my way. If you gentlemen wouldn't mind, you're going to Jericho in the morning for a meeting. Yeah, going to a meeting. Uh, fine, we'll let you go. But before we let you go, I want you to take something with you. Sure, you want me to take me, take something with me? Yeah. This, hit him, glasses flow everywhere. I mean, kicking him on the floor, beating him down, just ripping his shoes off, taking his money, his briefcase, everything he had. These guys robbed him. And you have to remember, they saw the Jewish people as kind of like highfalutin. You know, it was a lot of animosity there. So they really beat him down. Good. <coughs> the priest in the story walks by. And remember, the priest is in the business of helping people. But I think the priest, he gets a bad rap because, hey, if I'm walking down a dangerous road in a dangerous neighborhood, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be honest with you. If I see someone half dead, blood everywhere, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to go over. I'm going to look around. Somebody did this to him. Are they still around? I don't know what the situation is. Self-preservation is the first law of nature. 
Fred, uh, uh, a gentleman that came here, is with an organization called BFO Building Freedom Ohio, and I uh, was glad to hear he was going to come because he's helping guys like myself who's on parole. He's helping get certain laws lifted that are placed on people when they come out of prison. Like, I can't get certain jobs. And on his Facebook, right outside of his organization's building, he went and helped a guy that was laying on the street, and they filmed it. Like, this guy was just on a busy street, 105 in Cleveland, laying there, and cars are just whizzing by. Nobody helped this man. And they wouldn't help them and brought him in the building. But you had to be thinking about your safety at some point during that ordeal. But thank God you had the courage to help the guy. So the priest, he took off. He took off. The Levite, same thing. This, these are like, they're born into like the priesthood. Supposed to help as well took off. But the good Samaritan came where he was and when he saw him he had compassion on him. Compassion. 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 Bound up his wounds. Poured oil on him. Picked him up. Brought him to the inn. Told the man, I'll pay for it. He paid the full price. For the man. Now, I'm not here to play victim today. This wrongful conviction is true. It's true. It was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. I was stuck trying to. I was stuck. But I had to keep my mind focused on my freedom and getting back to my family because the first person I went into a cell with when I was imprisoned, the first day in prison was a guy who, was, who had come off a death row and he had been there for 27 years already. And the reality hit me, dude, you might never get out of this place. But I had hope. A guy, a, a guy across from my cell, mental health issues, and he would sit there all day, twitch, you know, hit it. Excuse me. And I would watch him through, the, through, through my window, and I would say to myself, how did you get yourself in this situation? Oh my God. Doors, steel, coldness, anger, depression, all of that surrounded me. Not knowing where, if I would ever get out, I had to start fixing my brain, especially like 10 years in, I had to start fixing my mind to accept the reality that I might never get out of here, I might die in this place for something I did not do. I was not even in the state of Ohio 
when the crime happened. But I could make the argument that my life was stolen from me by thieves. But I don't like to do that because I had to go through that to be who I am today. And I thank God for the heroes I had in my life. One, my wife. This woman stood with me for 25 years. Walked this journey with me. Married me in prison. I mean, who does that? Who, 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 says, who, who says, here's a guy that's a lifer. She didn't really know my situation. You know, people don't, you can say you're innocent, but people have their own problems. But she took, made a sacrifice and said, I'm going to marry you and help you and walk with you through this. And she's not some, you know, she's nice looking woman. <laughs> Thank God. We're men here. I mean. <laughs> but I was driving home. This was Friday night, and I just began to think, like, she used to be on a highway like this, rounding the kids up, getting dressed, getting them together, getting on the road, traveling an hour and a half to come to the prison, going through those gates, barbed wire, steel, all of this, just to come see me, like, you know, like, what a great person. And we had our problems, but what a great person. Another hero that I saw was the volunteers that would come into the prison. And I'm going to tell you, the volunteers from the Catholic community were some of the strongest volunteers would come every day. Some of them would come every single day into the institution to help the men after work, after working. When I get off work now, I'm, I'm dead tired. Like, and I have my own small business that I have to get to, but I haven't been able to really find that balance, but it's tough. But they come in after work and the guys, the inmates that come to the institution, when they come and they say they're looking for the church, they're embraced by the Catholic community. And they walked them along. The other, other communities didn't have such a strong volunteer base. But my God, I cannot begin to tell you how helpful it was to have someone come in and just listen to you or help you in your ministry or just lend an ear or give you some advice. People that, that were consistent, consistently there. These are heroes. They're making a sacrifice. Have kids, they have wives, and the wives have husbands, but they still come in. And the third hero that helped get me through was my lawyer. 
from the Ohio Innocence Project. Her name, her name is Jennifer Bergeron. I want to say her name because this woman is out of this world, man. When she picked up my case, I was at one of the... Oh, man. It was a low point. But she came in swinging, took over, began filing stuff, stuff lo other lawyers had told me it would never, it would, that's not going to work. Lawyers had actually jumped ship. I was supposed to be going home in 2006. You know, the guy who lied on us recanted and it was a big thing. And I, Shimmy, you remember that? It was on the news and my family even brought me clothes. They, they just knew I was going home. But when we had the court hearing, the guy even came ready to tell what he had done. He had lied on us for reward. He was a drug addict. $2,000 reward. And then we found out they gave him more along the way, which amounted to about five or six grand. But to take, I'm not the only one, four of us, four men's lives away who are innocent created a story, him and his dad, a longtime police informant and drug users. He put his son up to this, helped guide him through it, and actually got it off. I never thought, I never thought they would actually convict me of something that had nothing to do. Like, I couldn't wait to get in court. Like, this is, you know. It was surreal, but it was a little courtroom. Jury came in. Never thought they would find me guilty. Rendered the verdict. My mom was there, screeched. And off to prison I went. <clears throat> so those are my heroes. Took the time out of their life. Are there any heroes in here today? Now maybe you might be saying like, ah, I'm not a hero. But I do have news for you. Christianity is a call to heroism. It's a call to be a hero on purpose. And let me explain. <clears throat> There's a scripture in Matthew that I'm sure you all, all have heard. It says, for I was hungry and you gave me meat. Sacrifice. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. More sacrifice. Stranger and you took me in. Realness. Naked and you clothed me, compassion, sacrifice. Sick and you visited me, compassion. And I was in prison and you came unto me, dedication. There was a couple, a volunteer, who would periodically bring his wife in. And over the year, they helped me with my program and, they, and we developed a, a pretty good relationship. When I went to the parole board, they told the parole board because I was having... Um, issues, housing issues at the time. They told the parole board, and these people don't even know me, 
you know, I'm a murderer in prison. They told the parole board I can come live with them. Heidi and Steve Howell. Now that's real, man. You're going to let some some guy you don't even really know into your home just based on the fact that we're Christian brothers and sisters, we're family, we created a bond, but you're going to let me into your home. That meant so much to me. I can't even explain. But I didn't have to go there. My wife's situation, we, you know, we ironed everything out. Everything worked out. But hallelujah for the heroes, those that respond. Hallelujah for the ones who go out out of love and share the good news with the world. Thank God for organizations like the Salvation Army. Like combined charities. That help people who don't have food, the food pantries, people that help the homeless, that are that go into the hospitals to visit people. Thank God for the responders, for the people, for the heroes that go into the hospital when people are really like really need you. It's very serious. All of these situations are very. That's when the rubber meets the road. When you're in the hospital and you have to get surgery or you're on your deathbed, those are, when, those are serious times that us as Christians, as heroes, could step in. Because it's eternity at stake. When a person is in prison like me, when you, you say, that's when you visited me. When a, in prison, you come and visit me and take some time out. Show mercy upon me. But I want to tell you about someone who showed (laughs) mercy upon us. Someone who saw us on a road, beaten down, half dead in our sin and in our guilt, and chose not to walk by, but to stop. I'm talking about Jesus who stopped, helped bandage our wounds, anointed us with some oil, salvation, and put us on a road to recovery. And, and paid the full price, my God. Now just imagine this, and I won't be much longer before you. Just imagine this. You were in court. Prosecutor hurling accusations at you. Evidence. You're guilty though. And he's pouring it on. And someone walks into the courtroom and tells the judge, let him go. I'll take the case. I'll do the time. I'll pay the price for this man. Let him go. And you get up and walk out the courtroom. A free man. That's what Christ 
did for us. He paid the penalty. He took the case and put it on his back for the world. He says, bring me all those who are heavy laden. Bring it to me. Give me your sin. Give me your guilt. I'll take it. I know. I know what you're going through. That's why I came as a man. So I can really experience. So I know what it feels like, what you're going through, to have been abused. I know what it feels like to be hungry. I know what it feels like to be sick. That's why he came in a fleshly body from glory. He understands, but he paid the price. He did it, my God, your God, he did it for us. Christianity, gentlemen, it's not a call to sit on our couches, but it's a call to be a hero, to step out and help others where you can in your own world. Wherever you see it, you respond as a true hero does. And I just want to thank you all. I'm going to close right there because you guys are the ones. You guys have people in your lives or are going to come into your lives right here, right at your job, right in your world that you're gonna have to make a choice. Either I'm gonna walk on by, I see it, walk on by, or you're gonna stop and help. So I wanna thank you all for inviting me. You don't even know me, but I appreciate you for inviting me. Gary, for having me. Joe Vassal, for making the connection. And I, it just happened like this and from some artwork I did and I wound up here for a reason. And I thank you all. God bless you all. And I love you all. It's love thy neighbor. That's what it is. Whoever's in your, in your world, that's the greatest commandment. Love thy neighbor. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.